I'm just asking you no. if you would consider supporting a bill to abolish abortion in Oklahoma. No, I will not support a bill for abolish abortion in Oklahoma. Do you believe that people should have the liberty to make their own decisions? I was, okay. I was you at one point. Well, what happened? Marcus McIntyre in 204. He's the House author of the, the, the bill to bring rape exceptions back in. Is he in? This is him right here? This is him right here. Is this him talking to him? Is it two hymns talking to each other? It is. Can I interrupt? Yeah. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me come back in. I'm Marcus. Who are you? Hi, I'm Russell Hunter. I'm an abolitionist. I do not live in your district. I am from Norman, but I have friends all over. You just didn't hear the story. I was telling him about how we we voted against abortion bill. My very first vote in the house against an abortion bill. Yeah, it was. It didn't do anything. Yeah. Was, so you want to you want to vote for one that does something. Well, if you're going to vote for one, do something that does something, and not yeah. just something that's a do just manufactured for political gain. Oh, so like. That does something. That does something that actually will do something. Like criminalize the act of abortion. That that bill did not do that. Oh, but it, what do you what do you think about a bill that does that? No, so basically it was a bill that said you can't abort a child with a genetic genetic abnormality. Yeah. And, and yeah. Then just then just abort a child and say for whatever. No, but what the what the author was trying to do was he was trying to protect Down syndrome babies. Well, yeah. if that's the case, then say that because there are other genetic abnormalities where the baby can't survive. Sure, but someone okay, could. All, I, look, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get in an argument. No, I'm not. No, I'm with you on that because I think someone could come. Someone could just come in and say they have a Down syndrome baby, and they say like, I'm not aborting this baby because they have Down syndrome. Yeah. I'm aborting this baby because I want to have an abortion. Well, the parameters, and that's the way it, around it. It was, it was, it was a bill thought bill. Is there a way for you to possibly either sponsor or, uh, you know, I'm just Dusty Deaver's bill across the across the? No. You wouldn't. I um, I actually ran the bill with with Daniels last year for exceptions. Hey, I got a question about your bill. My bill? Yeah, with Daniels' bill, SB eight thirty four. It puts in exceptions for rape and incest. Try to stave off a much worse result. So you want to open the abortion clinics back up in Oklahoma? No. What, what would that be? I know the SB 834. I think I'm on camera here. You are on camera, but. You're on mic. Yeah, no. So, yes. so you don't want to talk, talk no, on the look, record. I, look, I will talk on the record on anything. Okay. But I, I'm not going to, to be here and be caught off guard without an appointment or anything like that where I haven't had time. You have a choice. But, dude, you have. You have a choice. But, I'm just asking you, you no. if you would consider supporting a bill to abolish abortion in Oklahoma. No, I will not support a bill for abolishing abortion in Oklahoma. Okay. Amen. This is dedicated to uh, Russell Hunter of Abolitionists Rising. I appreciate the work that you do, and I want to give a tool for you and anybody else who wants to get rid of abortion in the United States. Um, the, the work that he's doing, the work that you're doing is beautiful. I admire it. I appreciate it. I want to help. So with that, I want to dedicate this live stream to the abolitionist affidavit. So I want to start with Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 5. A false witness shall not be unpunished. 
and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. One of the issues that the abolitionists have is that in the law they are not speaking precisely. They miss the entire point of our government, which is to secure rights. I'm not saying that they don't understand that. I'm saying that they haven't advanced that in the law. And so, by God's grace, I want to show an affidavit that does just that. I've written this specifically. I've written this specifically for uh, all states. So, if, if you are in all state, whatever state you're in, I've written it for that to be the case. Let me um, do this. I will do this. Sorry, I'm a producer of one. So I'll go down there, and then we'll turn the screen on, and we'll do the screen underneath me. There you go. And now I want to do a view, zoom, and I'm going to make this available for anybody. But now what I want to do is I want to walk you through an affidavit. See, abolitionists rising, the issue that you're not using is the law. You are uh, playing by a system of statutes that has been deceived and taught to you with bad knowledge that makes you give up your authority in the law, it denies who God is, and you're not actually using the power of government and the oath that these servants swore to to compel them to defend rights. You're not using the law, in other words. So I want to do an affidavit, and I'll address issues after, but just very specifically, the more people who understand the law that's where the remedy is. The remedy, which is the solution, is always in the broad diffusion of knowledge. Your own tweets are speaking about the fact that more and more Christians are recognizing that abortion is murder, and they're saying that. I agree with you. I agree with you. I want to point to this affidavit, which is in the law, using the law to bind people like that guy in McIntyre, which is what, you know, which is what you haven't done and what we need to do. And the more people who learn the law, the more people will realize they have control of the grand juries and affidavits like this will stand as evidence that these people are participating in the lawlessness. In other words, this affidavit is giving those elected officials, those trustees, those servants in government, it's giving them the opportunity to repent it's creating the uh, evidence that's going to be necessary in order to convict them for participating in it. And it's what we, by right, can do and should be doing in order to restore our nation. So with that, I give you the affidavit and demand to declare the law regarding right to life and notice of aiding powers attacking the, gu the guaranteed right to life in the womb. Notice the agent is notice the principal. Notice the principal is notice the agent. This means that whoever you write it to, in this case, uh, McIntyre, if you wrote this affidavit and you sent it to McIntyre and McIntyre's secretary gets it, it's the same as though McIntyre got it. And if you wrote it and McIntyre gets it, it's the same as all of his agents got it. So his secretary will have gotten it. His staffers will have gotten it. So notice the agent, notice the principal means that whoever receives this, which this whole thing is your exercise of right. So you write in an affidavit is an exercise of your right to petition, to redress uh, grievances, and to give a remonstrance, which is, if you're in Oklahoma, Russell, that's Article 2, Section 3. Your right to remonstrance is a sharp rebuke. 
You can instruct your representatives. You can regulate your internal government is what the state constitutions, uh, the, the fundamental principles say. So anyway, I want to keep this short so it doesn't get too long. But affiant, that's you if you swear under penalty of perjury. An affiant is one with personal knowledge making claims to facts. Then I wrote, uh, left this here so you can write your name. One of the people, which is the highest status in the law. This is what the Supreme Court has declared in the recent Bruin ruling of 2022 when it speaks about the text, history, and tradition of the constitutions as seen in the 50 American states. Republican informed. This is a form of government that's open to the administration of all people. Sui juris, you're coming without any legal handicaps by right. Do serve you and then write the name of whoever you give this to. This affidavit in this court of record to make the following claims that you do provide immediate due care. The court of record, you'll recognize that there are attributes of a court of record that this instrument fulfill that when people don't respond to this affidavit, this affidavit stands as true and it's evidence against them, which we specify later on. Affiant claims that all constitutions guarantee the right to life. Now I'm making this overly broad. If you are in a state and you want a state specific one, you know, DM me and I'll, I'll write it for you. Um, but understand that this is, is true regardless of where you are in America. So all constitutions guarantee the right to life. The man is, recognize that whenever you call something abortion, you've already granted the presumption of a commercial enterprise. Abortion is what a medical service is called that terminates a life. So you, by saying you want to abolish abortion, you're making an argument in commerce you're not actually standing on the right uh, of life for the child. The main object in government is the protection and preservation of personal rights, private property, and public liberties, and upholding the law of God. Black, so you are swearing to this. You are claiming this. Personal knowledge and you're submitting under penalty of perjury to these claims are true. Black's Law Dictionary, fourth edition, defines life as the sum of forces by which death is resisted. Let me give you that. This is my Black's Fourth Dictionary right here, Black's Law Dictionary, Fourth Edition. Let me bring up my camera so you can see it in real time. Get a pen. Now I want to look at life. There's life, right? Life, come on camera. Life, the sum of the forces by which death is resisted. Life. Black's Law Dictionary. So now you've got, let me turn that camera off. Now you've got the dictionary definition of life, which is the sum of forces, the sum of the forces, it would. It's a, the sum of the forces by which death is resisted. I love this because it's the totality of forces resisting death. Abortion is a medical service that uses force to overcome those resistances. You, you, so think about the law, think about precision. If life is defined in the in the law book, which is where the uh, lawyers go, if the law is the if the excuse me, if life is the sum of forces by which death is resisted, now we claim life begins at conception, the instance of merging sperm with egg, and has all inherent rights at that moment as secured in all constitutions. 
All government must defend the right to life. See evidence below. We're going to go with the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5, King James Version. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God is saying in his Bible that life is in the womb, right? So if life is in the womb, you've got to defend it, right? Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 1. We say that, and the reason why I chose Virginia and Massachusetts and Vermont is that these are original states to the United States. So by looking in their constitutions, you see the fundamental principles in the law. And by looking at the fundamental principles, all government in America upholds these fundamental principles. Also, because these constitutions speak about rights and rights come from God, when a constitution secures your right, as such as the right of life is secured, all states have that, regardless whether they say it or not, because it's a fundamental principle in law. Okay, so we look at Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, that all men by nature, nature, equally free and independent, free and independent. So once that uh, sperm merges with the egg and there's life, that life is free and independent from all the other lives. Now, it is dependent on the mother, but it's independent from its rights are concerned. And I'm going to show it to you in the maxims. Now, we also know that because the Bible speaks about life, even though you were in the womb, Jeremiah was in the womb, uh, God regarded Jeremiah in his mother's womb as separate from his mother. Right? So uh, all are naturally equal, naturally equal and free and have certain uh, inherent rights of which they enter into a state of society, they cannot by any compact deprive or divest their posterity, namely the enjoyment of life or liberty. This means that whenever you enter into a, in a, in a state of society, like Oklahoma, Texas, America, whatever, you can't enter into any compact. A compact is a form of an agreement. A contract is a form of an agreement. This means that there can be no contract, read medical service, that enters into, that deprives people of what? The enjoyment of life and liberty with the means of acquiring, possessing property, and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. No contract can deprive people of their inherent rights, period. They're right there. Massachusetts Constitution, Part the First, Article 1, all men are born in, uh, free and equal, there you go again, and have certain natural, essential, and unalienable rights, among which may be reckoned the right of enjoying and defending their lives and liberties, and that of acquiring, possessing, protecting property, and fine, that of, uh, that of seeking and obtaining uh, their safety and happiness. Vermont Constitution, article, Chapter 1, Article 1, that all persons, all persons, are born equally free, right? So if you're a person, it's presumed you're born, right? So whenever you regard life in the womb, it's presumed that they will be born. So to stop them from being born is to go against the right that that life has inherently from God. Does that make sense? And have certain natural, inherent, and unalienable rights, amongst which there are enjoying, the, uh, enjoying defending life and liberty, acquiring, possessing, protecting property, and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. Therefore, slavery and indentured servitude in any form are prohibited. Amen. Maxim of law. Now, a maxim of law, let me show this to you. This is the printed out version of a selections of maxims 
from Charles A. Weissman. If you DM me, I'll send it to you. But what I want to show here is I want to show what the maxims are. You need to read this preface. If I get this and I go here, where's my, there it is. Producer of one, I'm sorry. So a preface, the preface to this book reads, in law, as with any science, there exists certain fundamental principles which form its basis as to which reference must be, come on camera, must be frequently, oh camera, come on, must be frequently made in its application. These fundamental principles in law are refer referred to as maxims of law. Sir William Blackstone says they are somewhat like axioms in geometry. Certain maxims of law have prevailed throughout recorded history. They can be found in the old English common law, in uh, the ancient Roman law, and can be found in the Bible as well. These maxims of law are so manifestly founded on reason, necessity, and divine precepts that they have been universally accepted and being true rulers and principles of law. They thus have become a part of the general customs and common law of the land of every civilized nation. Now, he goes on, because my camera's messed up, he goes on to say that uh, they're without proof. You don't need to prove a maxim. So, when we go to the maxims, we're using the chiefest arguments in the law. Everybody agrees to them, and they're accepted in the general customs and usages of the law right now. So, whenever you use a maxim of law, you're using the highest argument in reason, and so if you use the argument in reason with the topical or with the issue that's relevant to, there's no argument against it. Everyone will agree. So now we look at this maxim of law that says, he who is in the womb is considered as born whenever his benefit is concerned. So if you're going to speak about someone in the womb, you have to regard them as being born if you're speaking about their benefit. In this case, because life begins in the womb, you have to regard that one in the womb as separate, free, and independent for the benefit of his right. So you have to treat the one who's in the womb as though he's born whenever you're discussing the right to life. This is why when you say you want to abolish abortion, you're actually participating and in, in commenting in a commercial enterprise. You're not arguing the right to life. This is why whenever you seek statutory authority under equal protection, that's a hoax because you're not actually using the right to life. You're not actually standing on the law. You're participating in a commercial discussion which has nothing to do about the right to life, which is why you lose. Also here, quote, natural rights are those such as appertain to man. So man has natural rights. Now understand, a corporation, well, we'll get there, we'll get there. But these are natural rights as those who appertain to man, inherent in his nature, or plainly assured by natural law, being distinguished from such laws that are created by law and depend on civil society. This is why whenever you pass a statute trying to abolish abortion, you're using statutory authority, which is not the same as natural law. They are different. Because they are different, there are different authorities 
abilities and securities that are afforded based on that power. When you argue the right to life and it must be defended, the Constitution obligates the government to defend that right to life. When you use enactment of the legislature, called a statute, you're using derivative powers to try to secure something that is already implied in the original grant for government power. You're using bad law and bad power to make your argument, which is, you know, which is bad. I, I want you to use the good law, the right law. Affiant claims that Affiant demands you show in any constitution where the right to life may be violated. This, whenever you send this to a trustee, show me in any constitution. Show me anywhere where you guys get to violate the right to life. See, I know, uh, Russell, I know there's a lot of people when they speak about abolition or they speak about Christian nationalism or they speak about these things, they say we need to hold the center. You, you need to understand that you, this is a right to life issue. This is not an abortion issue. This is not an equal protection issue. This is a life issue. Hold the center. I'll also say that in the law, Nothing is presumed to be known unless it's made known judicially. So if you do not present this issue as a right to life, it will never be construed in the law as a right to life issue. This is why millions of babies were uh, murdered since Roe v. Wade, because abortion is regulated as a commercial entity, as a commercial exercise. It's not treated as the right to life. If you go and you read Dobbs Jackson 2022 that overturned Roe, it literally says the Constitution does not confer the right to an abortion. And then the justices completely punt on that idea because they're not going because it's so politically charged, they're not going to explicitly tell you it's about the right to life not treated as a commercial enterprise. When you use the word abortion, you are speaking about medical services that are offered by corporations created and pursuing commercial enterprise, period. You're arguing the wrong law. It is that subtle of a shift that destroys everything. But here we say, demand you show in any constitution the right to life. Failure to show this constitutional provision means that the right to life cannot be violated and the government must defend it. Now, the reason why you say this is because government is an express grant. It's an express trust. Government only has powers explicitly given to it in the text of the constitutions. If the constitution secures the right to life, then everything in that constitution, the government, the trustees, the courts, everything, everything has to defend the right to life. So by you demanding the person in government show you where any constitution allows them to attack life, you're saying, show me the authority you have to attack the right to life, which of course they don't have because it doesn't exist. So that means whenever they can't show you, they agree and you are right. So if they agree and you are right in the law, if they don't go, if they don't give you your remedy, they're complicit in the breaking of the law. You're showing them what the law is and you're demanding them respond. You're demanding them answer, where am I wrong? You're setting them up. You're establishing the law and the facts and the record. This is how you use the law against lawbreakers. You have to show them this is where it is, 
where did you get your power to do it? Because I'm coming at you with something that you swore to defend. Let's get to the second part. Affiant claims that government, see how broad and general I'm being? I'm being so broad and general. You can literally send this to anybody in government. You could send this to the dog catcher, the county treasurer. You could send this to a Supreme Court justice. You could send this to the president of the United States. You could send it to a governor. You could send it to a state rep. You could send it to a state senator. Literally anybody in government, literally anybody in government, you can send this to. That government uses statutory provision, which is coming from the legislature, right, okay? So government uses statutory provision to create statutory entities, sometimes called corporations. Sorry, my computer messed up. Sometimes called corporations. Now, this is the secret that a lot of people don't tell you. My teacher in the law is a guy named Dave Jose. You can find him at Real Dave Cares for You on Twitter. Black dude from Detroit. Speaks Ebonics. Amen. This guy has taught me, in the fundamental law, corporations like LLCs, sole proprietorships, stuff like that, they are created by statutory provision. In the law, he controls that which he creates. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible begins by saying God created everything, which is the Bible's way of saying God controls everything. His sovereignty is established because he created the thing. So when a corporation uses statutes to be created, which is why whenever you do business and you want to do an LLC, for example, you go to the Secretary of State and apply for an LLC. The government is creating the entity. Because in the law, an entity is nothing more than just a sheet of paper. It's just a sheet of paper with the name on it that then says we have the rights to do thus and such. That's it. So whenever the statutes make provision to create statutory entities called corporations or businesses, those businesses then do what? They pursue commercial enterprise. If the government creates an LLC, the purpose of that LLC is to, is to pursue a commercial enterprise, to do commerce, to buy, to sell, to do services, to do those things for money, okay? In which they offer, who's the they? The they is the corporations. The corporations are offering what? Force to overcome life's resistance to death. Now understand the very precise argument that we're saying. If the definition of life is the sum of the forces by which death is resisted, then these, these commercial enterprises, they offer, excuse me, they offer force to overcome life's resistance to death. We're not saying they're killing. We're not saying they're murdering, although that's the logical conclusion. We are saying that these commercial entities are offering force to overcome life's resistance. Now, if life by nature resists death, then the right to life necessarily includes that resistance. So if you, over, if you violate the right to life, you are working against that resistance to death. You can't do that unless you violate the right to life. You see how whenever you call this an abortion, you're giving up, you're changing that perspective. You're, you're completely giving up that, that paradigm. So they offer uh, the force to overcome life's resistance to death 
in procedures called medical services or abortions, whatever they call it, abortifacients, medical services, uh, abortions, I don't care what they call it. They're offering, the service that they're offering is the force to overcome life's resistance to death. That's what's happening. That is the good. That is the service being uh, paid, being marketed. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And it's doing it for money and under the regulation of governments created by the constitutions. Let me speed up. No constitution grants any government the power to regulate as a course of commerce the force overcoming life's resistance to death for money. No government anywhere can regulate the taking of another person's life. Can't happen. Not especially not as commerce. You can't hire an assassin. I know you guys have used this this phrase. You're going to hire an assassin to murder your baby. You're absolutely right. But in the law, that means that the commercial enterprise that's overcoming the life's resistance to death, it's unlawful because it's violating the right to life. But you have to make that argument. You're, you're, you're making that argument vocally when you say the things, but in the law, until you swear to it, you haven't done jack. We want to use the law. We want to stand on our rights. Okay. All government, see how broad I am? All government must, uh, must secure, boom, let me do this. All government must secure the constitutionally mandated uh, due process of law, right? Now, this is the constitutional due process of law. This is not statutory due process of law. Those two things are different, right? In which, and then I literally spell it out for you, jurisdiction, it's a compound word, two words, juris meaning right or law, diction meaning uh, words. So the law words, the right words, your rights, your powers of words. So the jurisdiction is what's gained over you. So when you go to, when you go to have an abortion, abortion you're using medical services to gain jurisdiction over that life but you're not treating it as a life you're treating it as a service in which it's regulated as a commercial enterprise a commercial pursuit the life of the baby is never regarded this is why people like McIntyre whatever his face is this is why they block you because they can't have the discussion then calling it murder once they call it murder they've acknowledged the life that's the issue. So instead of trying to fight for abolishing murder or uh, abolishing abortion, you demand that life is reserved, that you demand that life is defended, which is what these guys already swore to. They already swore to. Okay, so jurisdiction over private liberty interests. There's nothing more private than that of the womb, right? Like the, the baby being knit together by God in the womb is very, very private. Ain't nobody in there unless you're a twin or a triplet or whatever else, right? including life, requires claims sworn under penalty of perjury to harm or injury. No one can gain jurisdiction over your private liberty interests unless they swear under penalty of perjury that you have harmed or, or committed an injury. Period. 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 This is constitutionally mandated due process of law and must be tried in a court of record in which the jury judges the fact and the law or else the deprivation of a right is unlawful and government exists to defend the right, give remedy, and punish the violator. I want to just put a period after this. I want to put a period after unlawful and I want to say this. Government exists to defend the right, 
give remedy and punish the violator. Amen. Then we want to look at uh, see evidence below South Carolina. Again, you can use these because they speak about your rights and South Carolina is one of the original 13 colonies. The privileges and immunities of citizens of this state and the United States under this constitution shall not be abridged nor shall any person be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. There right there is your constitutional due process of law. This means that if the legislature writes a statute that defines a different due process, that statutory due process is not constitutional due process. Those things are different. Attorneys make their money off of statutory due process, you, by right, kill cases and tell the government to leave you alone using constitutional due process. You understand that? You will kill 99.999% of cases. Nor shall any person be denied the equal protection of the laws. Maximum of law, no free man shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property, but by the lawful judgment of his peers or by the law of his land, that is, by the common law. And this is where my teacher, Dave Hosea, pointed to him. He's got webinars that, that go deep into all of this, that unpack it. And I would encourage you to go there and uh, you know, go, you know, find him, message him, and take his webinars. Um, maxim of law. Juries are the judges of fact and law in American jurisprudence. And it lists it out. So this right here, it says, Nobody can be denied life, liberty, property, but by the lawful judgment of the peers or law by the land. That's the common law. America is a common law nation. You can't kill a baby in the womb unless you have a trial by jury. And the jury gets to decide the facts and the law. And that, that, um, that arrangement can only happen, that only happens whenever lawful service is given to, um, uh, to the baby in the womb by whoever is going to kill them. So, so this would mean in the law... This, this is how absurd that I'm showing what the law is so that people understand the constitutionally due pro, constitutionally mandated due process. If mom wants to kill her baby, she has to lawfully serve her baby. The judge then determines, is that baby competent to stand trial for the taking of its life? Of course it's not. But mom would also have to swear under penalty of perjury that baby has injured her or harmed her. And then the jury, which is the judge of the case, would be able to determine the facts and the law. But if the baby doesn't have lawful service, if the baby's not cognizant in order to receive the lawful service, the baby can't be tried. Because the baby didn't actually know and can't have cognizance that the baby is hurting the mom. Which means that even though the mom is claiming injury and harm to the baby, the baby can't be put on trial because the baby can't give a positive defense and the baby has no understanding of what's going on. That doesn't mean the right to life doesn't exist. So this means that you can't ever try the right to life in the womb. You can't do it. By law, you can't do it. I'm showing you the law. Juries are the judges of fact and law in American jurisprudence, not the judges, not a hearing officer, not somebody that's using statutory authority. Now I want to say affiant claims, let me do this, affiant claims that, let me make that bold, always bold, affiant claims that you, uh, affiant claims that affiant demands you show the constitutional provision where commercial enterprise may violate the inherent right to life. See, in the law, we want the contrast. We want the controversy. 
I want the law declared between the controversy of commercial enterprise, abortions, medical services, and that of the right to life. I want that fight. We want that fight. We want the law declared. Which one's more important, the right to life or this commercial enterprise? Tell us. And here's the secret. Commerce can only happen, and indeed, government is only given the power to regulate commerce so long as commerce doesn't violate rights. That's why the government has the power to regulate commerce. So if commerce, as a course of its existence, exists to violate the right to life, that commerce is unlawful and can't happen. Period. Right? Failure to show this constitutional provision means that commercial enterprise cannot violate the inherent right to life. All right, here we go. Here's the remedy. This is where we want to tighten the screws. Affiant claims that Affiant demands you take final notice that it is Affiant's demand and right to alter government for the public good. See Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 3. And again, DM me if you want your state specific, and I can use your own state to make this claim. But this, this is written for all 50 states. You don't need to change it. This is good to go. Okay. Um, so we're going for the remedy. Now understand, um, there will be people that say, how do you enforce it? Understand very clearly that the law is not about force. And you asking how do you enforce it is training that reduces your understanding of the law, that puts you in a position where you need someone to tell you what the law is before it's done. That's not what we're doing. What we are doing is we are coming as people who create government and we're creating evidence, we're giving evidence to say that people that are sworn to the Constitution are breaking the law. That's what we're doing. And the more people who understand the fundamental law, you will understand that you control the grand juries. You can prosecute these cases. You, by right, by right can go after these people. But if you don't know the law, you're not going to know what to do. That's what we're building to. That's where this is going. So don't reduce and don't take away your remedy just because you want to know what the next step is. There's some moron in the state house that I'm going after. I'm going to, I'm going to show him the law. I'm going to show him that he's a servant because he gets mad whenever he's like, well, what's the next step? You're not hearing me, servant. I'm telling you the law. You swore to it. Do it. That's the remedy. And the more people who understand it, that's where your remedy is, which is which is the case for everything. It's the case for everything. Um, and, it, and just because there might be detractors, if you are married, unless you're a Muslim, uh, do you force your wife to have sex with you? Do you force your husband to put away the dishes? What, I mean, like that is a voluntary association, that of marriage unless you've been forced into it by knife or gun or whatever. But if your marriage is a voluntary association, how do you get remedy in your marriage without guns? Do you pull the gun out on your wife and say, you have to have sex with me? You better not. That's rape. You, you do it because it's a mutual association and there are agreed customs and principles that you operate by. In government, it's a voluntary association and everyone agrees to abide by the Constitution. Okay, And in the interest of justice that you do within three days receipt of this affidavit, declare in writing and publicly that the right to life is secured by the constitutions and that any commercial enterprise that offers services to overcome life's resistance to death, also known as medical services or abortion or any construction of, of such, is unlawful, 
criminally kills people and that government powers have a duty to defend life at the point of infringement, which includes stopping procedures and services and annulling participating participating or affiliated corporations to such rights violations. Basically, we're going to stop everything. And if you're a corporation, a business doing this, we're going to destroy you. We're going to dissolve or revoke or annul your charter so you can't do business. And if you are participating in this, you are criminally killing people. You can't do that. Now, if you believe, here's the boss, here's the boss move. If you believe Affiant is wrong in the law, you may submit in writing an affidavit sworn under penalty of perjury and postmarked within three days receipt of this affidavit, the evidence or the constitutional provision that declares the right to life may be violated by commercial enterprise and without constitutionally mandated due process of law. So you gotta show two things. You gotta show me where commercial enterprise can violate the right to life and you got to show me where right to life can be uh, violated without the constitutionally mandated due process. You have to show both. Because I, I mean, if you swear to this, you're swearing, we got, we got the right to life inherent, commerce can't reg uh, violate it, and we've got, the right to or we've got the right to constitutionally due process of law. Or, by tacit acquiescence, so if they don't say anything, they agree. If they don't respond, they agree. You agree to all claims herein and this affidavit, which is a written instrument, this affidavit shall stand as evidence against you in all courts of record. Now courts of record are where people can be imprisoned and fined. So if a court of record is where someone can go to jail, right? If, if a court, hear this, if a court of record is where someone has to be convicted of a crime, whether that's treason or murder or uh, collaborating with people that are murdering people, if a court of record is required before that person can go to jail or be executed by form of capital punishment, then this affidavit is going to stand as evidence against you, whoever's listed, in those courts of record, in all courts of record. And look, and no court may rehear this matter. You are blocking jurisdiction. You're blocking anyone from interfering. And that you do, with full knowledge, malice, and intent, support the unlawful use of force against the right to life, and you do, in bad faith and in violation of your oath to the Constitution, consent to the commercial enterprise of using government power to regulate the overcoming of life's resistance to death in medical services or abortions. So basically, if you don't respond, you agree. And you agree that every time that a commercial entity is killing a baby, you agree with it. And because you agree with it and you're sworn to the Constitution, you are unlawfully permitting murder. And this affidavit is going to be evidence against you of that. Does that make sense? Okay. All responses not submitted under penalty of perjury. Hold on, let me scroll up. All responses not submitted under penalty of perjury are non-responses and shall consent to all claims herein. Now this right here is designed to get lawyers to shut up. Because a lawyer, if they do this, they may say, right, because we say we want it in writing. I want your response in writing and I want it submitted under penalty of perjury. If I'm submitted myself under penalty of perjury to make claims, you got to respond. You got to respond to me. You're the servant. Respond. Now, if they lawyer up or they go to legislative council or they go to anybody who then tries to say, well, you, I noticed you to cease and desist. Understand first that lawyer is in a law firm that I mean, that lawyer is probably in a law firm. A law firm is a corporate entity. That corporate entity was created by 
the legislature. So if someone who's pursuing commercial gain, a lawyer in a, in a statutory uh, entity called a law firm that was created by statutory provision, if that lawyer is giving you a cease and desist when you are exercising your right of remonstrance, that lawyer is committing tortious interference with a contract between you and your servant in government. You have the right by law, you have the, the right in the Constitution to tell your servant what the law is, to instruct him what to do, and to demand he obey his oath. That is your right. And when a lawyer, so let's say that the legislator gets this, the governor gets this, the state senator gets this, the dog catcher gets this. If they go to an attorney who's on the government payroll, who's receiving tax monies from the people for his pay, legislative counsel, governor counsel, if they do that, you understand you as people, the Constitution did not grant that counsel, that lawyer, power to give advice to the governor, to the senator, to the representative, to whoever you're telling what the law is. That position doesn't come from the Constitution. It's been made available from the legislature. So how does someone who's on the government payroll give advice against the exercise of rights secured in the Constitution? They are also committing tortious interference with the contract. So whoever receives this from the government, if they go to an attorney and an attorney tells them, don't worry about it, that attorney just, one, committed tortious interference with the contract. Two, that attorney's bad counsel that the attorney didn't swear under oath to, that the attorney's not going to be liable for, just condemned that trustee who you serve this affidavit to because it means the trustee and the servant, the government official you gave the affidavit to, agrees with it. Or if they give it to legislative counsel or someone and that attorney writes you a letter, you can respond back and say, I submitted affidavit, which is an exercise of right. Show me in the Constitution where I can't do that. And you, attorney, are a, you know, if they're in a private corporation, if they're in a corporation like a PLLC or a PC or something like that, that's a corporation created by the, uh, created by the legislature so that they can participate in commerce. And they're representing, their legal services are in fact commercial exercise. So they are participating in commercial exercise, commercial enterprise, which goes against your use of rights. Cross apply the same thing. The government can the government regulates commerce so that it can defend rights. If you are exercising your rights and lawyers attack you for that, they are likely commercial actors themselves in a corporate entity created by legislative enactment or they are on the public dollar, which means they are submitted to the Oklahoma Constitution or the Texas Constitution or whatever constitution from whatever state you're in, and they can't because they're never granted. They're not granted the power to advise any servant against you or else they commit tortious interference with the contract, which is unlawful. So they ain't gonna come at you, and whenever you say all responses not submitted under penalty of perjury are non-responses, this is designed specifically to smash any attorney who wants to get stupid or smart or wants to say, well, you're shut up. I'm using my rights, you're messing with my servants, and if you give me a, uh, if you give me a response and you didn't swear under penalty of perjury, you agree to everything that I say. I'm coming for you. We ain't playing.
And then we do this. Please take notice, all valid responses may be mailed to, and then write in your address. Just type in your address, whatever address you're in. Just write that in, just pen, pen write it in. Please take notice that this is sent to you in the love of Jesus Christ, because Christ is King, so that you repent and defend life in the womb. Amen. Verification. Now, this is where we want to slow down and be specific. This is what makes your affidavit an affidavit. You've got to verify it. Verification means something under penalty of perjury. I hereby declare, certify, and state, pursuant to the penalties of perjury under the laws of the United States. Ooh, United States of America. United States of America, by the provisions of 28 U.S.C. 1746, that all of the above foregoing representations are true and correct to the best of my knowledge, information, and belief executed on, and you're going to say, <coughs> excuse me, executed in, and this is where you write in your town. Excuse me, this is where you write in the town that you are sworn under penalty of perjury at. So you're going to go to a notary. That notary, wherever you're signing this, that's the city and the state. So if this is Claremore, oh, if this is Claremore, Oklahoma, you would write in Claremore, Oklahoma. You would write in Houston, Texas. Okay. You would write in Norman, Oklahoma. On this, and then name the day. So today would be the 19th day of February in the year of uh, in the year of our Lord 2024. Okay. Then you're going to sign it in blue, always blue, always blue, always blue. Notary as jurat certificate. You're going to say the state. So this would be Oklahoma State for you, Russell. This could be uh, Texas State. This could be California State. This could be Oregon State. This could be, you know, whatever state you're in, right? Then you want to say the county, Rogers County, uh, McCurtain County, uh, you know, Oklahoma County, whatever county you're in. Now, you want to say on this day, which is the 19th, on this 19th day of February, right, be very specific here, before me, this is the notary's name. This is the notary public's name. So this is Joe Jim Bob. This is whoever is swearing you in, right? Because a notary, a notary can participate as a jurat. <laughs> they don't know that, but they can. So this is the notary's name. A notary public personally appeared and this is your name so personally appeared jaron jackson who proved to me on the basis of satisfactory evidence to be the now this is where all your pronouns are going to come in don't get crazy with the stupid wokeness but this is where your pronouns are who gave satisfactory evidence to be the man whose name is subscribed to within the instrument and acknowledged to me that he executed the same oh shoot i, I said it here in his, executed the same in his, you see how I had to make a, a, a blank for everything, in his authorized capacity and that by his autographs on the instrument, he executed the instrument. You are executing your rights. You're exercising your rights. And so the notary public functioning as a jurat is going to look at you and say, okay, you are you, and this document is you doing what it says you're doing, okay? I certify under the penalty of perjury under the laws of whatever state you're in, uh, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas State, Kansas State, that the foregoing, foregoing paragraph is true and correct. And then the uh, uh, notary does their thing. The reason why this is specific as we, as we close the reason why this is specific is that if you actually want to use the law, this is how you submit um, an affidavit. Now, what I would do, if I were you, 
is I would make several copies of this. And if you wanted to on the um, on this, you might, uh, you know, say you come down here and you could handwrite this in if you wanted to. You could handwrite this in distribution and you could say the, gov you know, uh, Governor Stitt, right? Uh, or, you know, Kevin Stitt or whatever. You could even say, what's that dude's name? Russ McIntyre, whatever the guy's name was on the video. I, I forget what it was, but gosh, I can't even... McIntyre, right? You can say whatever, but just write out who all you're sending it to and make yourself an original copy for each one. Send each one in blue ink and keep one for yourself. And then I would, if I were you, I would put it in certified mail. I'd send it on eight uh, by... Uh, you know, eight and a half by 14, which is legal paper, like this, legal paper, not, um, you know, not uh, eight and a half, not eight and a half by 11, but legal paper, right? You send it on legal size paper, you send it uh, certified mail, um, and that way you get the receipt because you want the green card, you want this thing to be turned, uh, to be returned to you, I'll hide my address. So you want this thing to be returned to you, this thing right here, right? You want that thing to be returned to you, um, so that you have your record because that physical green card that goes with the instrument, whenever it's delivered, they're going to take it off and they're going to put that green card in the mail that comes back to you. And that is your physical proof that your physical instrument was physically delivered to that uh, principal or the agent. And at that point, you have served uh, whatever servant your instrument. And in the law, lawful service, right? This constitutes lawful service. In the law, that is now your exercise of right. And um, so, so that's why we do what we do. Uh, that is a very detailed explanation, more than I usually do on affidavits. But because I hate murder in the womb, because it's wrong, uh, I, I give it to you. This is longer than I wanted it to be. But I will, Lord willing... Um, you know, do a screenshots of this and then I'll tag you on the Twitter account. And so you'll have the PDF. Um, and then it's just a matter of, you know, printing it out. DM me if you want me to send it to you. Uh, and if you are in another state, so this right here works for all 50 states. You don't, if, if you're in Texas, you don't need a Texas one. You don't need an Oregon one. You don't need a, a Michigan one. This works. This works. It stands for all 50 states. So, um, you know, rewatch this over and over and over. Uh, but if you actually want to use the law to bind servants to get them to tell the truth on murder, then you'll do it. And, and recognize this as we close. Recognize what you're doing by pursuing statutes. Like Dusty Devers is a man of faith. He's a decent man. And I've told him, him pursuing an abolitionist bill is not the lawful way to get rid of baby murder in the womb. The lawful way to get rid of baby murder in the womb is to have government defend life. But you have to have government start to say that that's what's actually happening. And you don't get them to say that unless you use the law to have them, to bind them, to say what it is, which no one is doing. What you're doing is you're pinning your hopes on this statutory process, and you saw the guy's response. You saw the guy's response where he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to pass any bill. That dude is stiff-necked and rigid. So we will bring the law to him and, by God, break him under the law because he's bound to the Constitution. Because right now there's a bunch of Satanists or money and, 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 and people that are afraid of culture 
they're afraid of calling abortion murder because it's Christian or whatever. And they're, they're afraid of the political backlash. So instead of using politics and the pressure of optics, just use the law and come right at them. And that way, whenever you do this, the more people that start to declare that this is murder and this is the truth of what's happening, there ends your remedy. And so when, you know, and I'll say this, the Bible teaches that we shall walk by faith and not by sight. So when this happens, when you're standing on righteousness and you are courageously swearing under oath and telling people what the law is, you're creating a situation whereby God can honor it however he wants to. So your evangelism and your activism going to these people's offices with cameras is bold. I love it. It's awesome. Please keep going. Imagine what happens when you use lawful instruments that bind these people. And if you want to, you can DM me and we can really get creative about, you know, <laughs> about taking their stuff, taking their homes, their cars, their 401ks, all sorts of stuff. If these people want to play the game, we'll play. Because in the law, you cannot violate rights. In the law, you can't go against this. And every single one of these people have already sworn that this is the truth. So with that, I give that to you. Um, I do a stream Monday through Friday every, every day, Lord willing. Um, but I wanted to give this stream to people who actually wanted to take uh, action on it. Um, I would send as many of these as you can. Uh, get, get the groups, get the groups together and have them do the, the lawful service. And every single one of these is going to stand as evidence. Now think about this. In the constitutions, it says that uh, treason against the United States or whatever state is for the, the violation of the same overt act. Two witnesses to the same overt act. And giving aid, that, that's why we said it's aiding powers attacking the guaranteed right of life in the womb. And that's why we said at the very bottom... That's why we said at the very bottom, uh, la, 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 you support the unlawful use of force, right? And in bad faith and in violation of your oath, consent to the commercial enterprise of using uh, government power to regulate the overcoming life resistance and medical services of abortion, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, so, so they're giving aid, right? So maybe we can do that. Uh, bad faith and violation, uh, in bad faith, and gives a, uh, in violation of your oath, and gives aid um, to, uh, to entities, we'll say entities that attack secured rights. I put it on the thing whenever I put it up on the, the image. This is, this, is what I, this is what I wrote right here. This is what I just wrote. I said, um, uh, where I, where I write that? Okay, uh, in violation to your oath of the Constitution and gives aid to entities that attack secured rights. That's that's what I wrote in. So this is the very last paragraph, right? The very last paragraph I just wrote that little bit in. But it'll be on the, the screen that I do. Anyway, wanted to give that to you. Wanted to keep that there. If you want to follow me or, or share the content I do, it's, it's, on, it's on you. There's ways to support the work that I do, uh, which is this, by God. Um, but most importantly, what I do is I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that means that if... You do not know Christ. If you are not in him, you are going to go to hell. All people are sinners. All have, The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the only way to God the Father is through God the Son. His name, the man, is Jesus Christ. Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He voluntarily took the cross. When he took the cross, 
He, he shed his blood. That shedding of the blood is what wipes away and washes away our sins. When we access that blood, that is satisfying God's wrath against sin. Jesus died. He was physically buried in a tomb. He physically rose from the grave three days later. When he did that, not only did he have a new covenant, a new testament, but he fulfilled the old covenant. He fulfilled the old testament. There is now no salvation in the old testament. It's gone. There is no such thing as salvation from anything or any way outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God but by me. When you believe the gospel, which is the invitation call, when you believe the gospel that you are a sinner and you're going to go to hell and the only way to not go to hell is to have Jesus to have paid your fine, you are called to believe that gospel. When you believe that gospel, the response is to obey that gospel. First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, excuse me, Second Thessalonians chapter five speaks about how Jesus will return to punish those who do not obey the gospel. In Acts chapter two and verse thirty-seven, the Jews, after hearing Peter speak on the day of Pentecost, which was the day Christ established His church, He built His church on Himself. He's the cornerstone. Ephesians chapter two and verse twenty. On Pentecost, when Peter preached this, preaches the gospel, the very first gospel proclamation, the Jews asked Peter, what shall we do? Peter's answer, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, the remission, the wiping away of your sins, and that you may uh, receive salvation and the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you do this, you have now responded to the gospel. So the gospel is preached, you hear it, you need to believe it, then you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, now you are in Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27 says, For those who are in Christ have are, are children of the Lord, and for as many of are the children have been baptized into the name of Christ. This is how you get into Christ. There are a lot of people who preach gospels. But what you need to keen in on is Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Jesus says that many will come to him on that day, that last day, and they will claim, Christ, we did so many good things in your name. We cast out demons. We did good works in your name. And Jesus will say, be gone from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It's not about you knowing Christ. It's about if Christ knows you. The only way that Christ knows you, if you are in him. In Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Paul writes to the letters of the Romans. He says, you have been baptized in Christ. If you are in Christ, Christ knows you. You get the benefits of being in Christ, which is the first half of Ephesians. It's everlasting life, it's salvation, it's wisdom, it's knowledge, it's protection, it's all sorts of things. You get the benefits of being in Christ. But it, the requirement is you have to believe the gospel and obey the gospel. That's the most important thing. If you don't do that, then you are going to go to hell. I don't want that for you. Call me, DM me, message me at any time. My duty is to communicate the gospel. One of the ways that I... You know, hook people is to I tell them about the law and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, there's links in the description below on how you can help me. Appreciate your time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow where I will be discussing, um, what, was, what was it going to be tomorrow? I forget what it was. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.